Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. On behalf of the entire team here at Hot Docs, I want to thank you all for coming out, and I want to ask you all to join me in giving it up for CanadaLand. Hi, I'm David Suzuki. Nora Loretto here. This is Cory Doctorow. John Fraser. Michael Cook. Kid in the Hall, Bruce McCauley here. I'm Nardwar, the human serviette. I'm Adrian Harewood. My name is Duncan McHugh. Hi, I'm Terry O'Reilly. I'm the host of Under the Influence. This is Jesse Wente, writer, broadcaster, chair of the Canada Council for the Arts. I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Tell me the question again. I've been asked to answer the very simple question. The question before us. The question on Canada Land's 10th anniversary is... Is Canada better or worse off? Is Canada better or worse? Is Canada better or worse off? Because of Canada Land? Because of Canada Land. With Canada Land! It's a bit of a loaded question. I think it's worse. I am not so sure that Canada is better for having so much more Jesse Brown in it. The truth is my only personal interactions with Canada Land didn't go so well. I really can't say what the answer is on that. I never heard of Canada Land. I'm amazed Canada Land is still here. Um. You are, I don't know, not making Canada better, but you're helping us understand why Canada is getting worse. Much worse. But I will say it's much better than it would be without Canada Land. 
Has Canada land improved the media landscape of Canada? I would say absolutely yes. We in the media love to hold people to account. For far too long, we didn't have anybody holding us to account. They don't flinch when asking the tougher questions. The media is better for that, therefore Canada is better for that. Canada land knows how to rattle the cages. They know how to bang at doors. They know how to afflict the comfortable. Because Canada land is fearless and because Canada land is fresh. It's one of the few brave voices that are still left in the journalistic world, they're asking tough questions and doing really great stories. It's unafraid of challenging powerful institutions, powerful organizations, powerful individuals. It's not afraid of challenging orthodoxy. And the editors there understand what's important, what makes important journalism. Journalism costs money, it's hard, and it's easily replaced by people just spouting opinions. And we have enough of that. It's fast, intelligent commentary on the issues of the day and, much more importantly, actually breaking stories. The subjects that they cover are timely. The conversations with guests are insightful and illuminating and often infuriating. Canada is the true north, strong and free. And our land is strong and free because of the truth from outlets like Canada Land. I don't agree with everything I hear, but I think that might be the point. Candle Land never disappoints, and the integrity of Candle Land is solid. I don't know. It's it's good, Jesse. Okay, I like it. It's good. And it loathes me to compliment Jesse Brown, so I'll just leave it at that. Staff at Candle Land, here's my advice to you: make sure that your boss knows that he doesn't need to have his mug on everything. Hello. We are taping Canada Land live tonight, live from the Bloor Hot Dogs Theatre in Toronto. It's a sold-out show. It is our 10th anniversary. Good evening. <laughs> 10 years in the podcast business. The podcast business is seven years old. <laughs> 10 years as a Canadian independent digital news company. That's like a 10-year-old mosquito. It's not supposed to happen. It's a miracle, or it's a freak of nature. Uh, whatever it is, um, it, it's, it's worth celebrating tonight, and I'm so glad to be here with you. Holy smokes. How many people here with us tonight help make it happen? Who here is a Canada Land supporter? Thank you. God bless you. Who here is not yet a Canada Land supporter? Who here paid good money to be here and does not appreciate being publicly shamed? Tonight we're here to celebrate you, everyone who made, makes this happen every week. I am here to celebrate my colleagues. We are here to celebrate this strange thing, this impossibility of what we have collectively pulled off. It's not supposed to happen. I'll say it again. We hear it all the time. No one will pay for news. Facebook has banned news. You cannot share or comment on news in Canada on Facebook or Instagram. The podcast business is in trouble. We hear it again and again. To hell with that, we're here. 
And to mark this occasion, to mark uh, 10 years of reporting and discussion and investigation and storytelling, my colleagues and I have uh, spent some time combing through our, our archives, over a thousand podcasts, to bring you some of our most serious and important work, which we'll be sharing with you tonight. And a content warning, uh, tonight's presentation will include graphic depictions. No. no. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Uh, I think we've had enough of the news for a little bit. We're going to celebrate tonight. I gotta stop doing stuff like that. We're trying to grow up as a news organization. <laughs> We're trying to, to, to grow up. The organization is doing things I never dreamed it could. My colleagues are, are just wowing me all the time. We're expanding, we're progressing, we're evolving. What I'd like to start our time together doing tonight is, I don't know, uh, maybe making a clean slate of it and, and talking about some things from our past, mostly things that I'm responsible for, that, that I'd sooner forget. But they did happen. So, uh, you know, as journalists, we have to regard this. And then please never mention any of these things again. <laughs> so, um, those of you who are here with us tonight, you get to see these things. Uh, those at home can just listen and wonder. The first thing is this. Almost from the beginning, I've been looking for ways to expand our audience. It's always bugged me that there are so many people in this country who might like Canada Land, but they've never heard of Canada Land. So how do we reach them? You know, forget this like old school legacy media advertising. What about like getting really database, you know, demographics, psychographics? Let's build a profile of who our target listener is. And so we imagine that in any household, there's one member of the household who is, you know, most likely to enjoy Canada Land. And so we call this the Lisa Simpson of the household. <laughs> How do we reach the Lisa Simpson in, in the house? And I thought, well, what better way than to have Lisa Simpson herself promote Canada Land? Please roll the audio. Are you listening to Canada Land? It's a podcast about the most interesting stories in your country. Just recently, they dug up the inside details about the firing of Lisa Laflamme. And they also told an amazing true story about the history of the Sasquatch. You guys live in Canada and you should be listening to Canada Land. That is Yardley Smith, the voice actor behind Lisa Simpson. It did not move the needle at all. <laughs> Moving on. Does anyone remember our book, The Canada Land Guide to Canada, published by Simon & Schuster? What better way to market our podcast than through this widely released, a big publisher, and we thought we had an ace up our sleeve with this cover, Drake just delicately nuzzling sensually embracing a moose. Just the perfect Canadian image. And I thought, this image is all we need. Who cares what's in the book? This is gonna take us far. Once this image gets out, we can have a breakthrough success in America. I wouldn't be surprised if like late night television in America picks this up. You're laughing at me. I thought it would be good to stir up some controversy. If we could make a bit of a fuss, if we could get people talking, that might sell some books. And so uh, we crafted the following chapter of the book. This will be the centerpiece of the book. Uh, we had this chapter, uh, The Canada Land Guide to Canadian Sexuality, <laughs> illustrated exclusively with pictures of former CBC anchor Peter Mansbridge having sex with himself. <laughs> Next slide, please. We have an array of alluring positions. The National, the Franklin Expedition. 
it did not clear legal at Simon & Schuster. <laughs> All of these efforts failed. And yet, we have an excellent show for you tonight. Commons is here. Canada Landback is here. Wag the Doug is here. The Backbench, Matea Roach is here. Jen Wong is here. Wait for it. And this episode of Canada Land is brought to you by people in this theater. Listen, we are in the middle of our annual crowdfunding campaign, and I have just been coming on the show every episode and making my best case to people who have not become supporters as to why they should, and I'm out of pitches. I have nothing more to say. Are there any other persuasive podcasters here tonight? Oh my goodness, it's Christy Lee, the host of the Canadian True Crime Podcast, the best crime podcast in Canada. I don't know about that. I'm Christy Lee from Canadian True Crime, and I support Canada Land because I've learned so much about this country that I now call home, and I enjoy listening to the informed perspectives of their special guests, and I never miss a week of Julie Noted. But it's so much more than that. Over the past decade, Canada Land has produced an authentic and nuanced body of work that has built trust. Their long-form investigations have ruffled feathers and attracted lawsuits that's what happens when you speak truth to power, yet they have all stood the test of time. And frankly, when the public response to recent world events left me feeling like I was losing my ever-loving mind, I waited for Canada Land to weigh in because I trust and respect Canada Land's reporting. I trust that they will dig for the truth in earnest and make every possible effort to verify it, and I have not been disappointed. The importance of independent journalism has never been clearer, and it's crucial that we support it now more than ever. So thank you so much to Canada Land, and happy 10th anniversary. I cannot wait to see what you do next. Christy has been supporting us in so many ways and helping us from the start. Thank you so much for those words. Please enjoy all that follows. Thank you for being here. Hello, hot docs. My name is Matea Roach, and I am the host of The Backbench. I was asked as part of this 10th anniversary celebration to facilitate a game show component of the show. But a game show needs not just a host. Famously, game shows are about the contestants much more than the host. And I would like to invite to the stage the hosts of Wag the Doug, Jonathan Goldsby and Allison Smith. The name of this game is going to be Reach for the Sock because they are going to mark the points that they score with these single candle and socks that they have on their podiums. Question one. Doug Ford has previously said that he is addicted to which beverage, adding that he can drink about three liters of it a day. Allison. Chocolate milk? That is correct. Uh, he's supporting those dairy farmers. He loves his chocolate milk. Um, all right. <laughs> It's spooky season, it's October. The premier has said in the past that he is a fan of two horror franchises, one of which began in 1978 and the other in 1980. Name either one. Uh, 78 would be Halloween. 
Indeed, yes. Good matching of dates, Halloween. And I guess, okay. 80, I'm just guessing 80 is Friday the 13th? Yes, that's exactly right. All right. Question number three in this segment. Before she spread misinformation about public health and the pandemic on social media, <laughs> Doug Ford's daughter Krista had a guest appearance on a short-lived MTV Canada reality show as part of a panel scrutinizing social media addicts. What was the name of this show, oh which gosh. may remind you of a Radiohead song? Jonathan. Uh, MTV Creeps. That is correct. <laughs> Deep cut knowledge coming to the fore. Question four in this segment. Complete the quote from a May 25th uh, Globe and Mail feature about the Fords, referring to Rob Ford. The quote is, Robbie just didn't have the passion for blank. Jonathan? Business? So business is incorrect. Allison, are you going to make an attempt? Oh, wait, I'll lose a point. Um, no. No? All right. Uh, <laughs> Business was too vague. The answer was labels, referring to the business... <laughs> referring to the business of the Ford family. Final question in this segment. According to reporting from the Toronto Star in 2021, the Premier uses what refurbished phone, even though it's from 2014? Company name and model. I believe that was Allison in first. I can only say Blackberry. Uh, we needed the name and model. Jonathan, do you have the name and model? Blackberry Classic. That is correct. I owned one of those up until 2018. Well, I think that that brings us to the end of our game, and we have a winner. That winner is Jonathan with a, a truly dominant performance. And the prize that you're going to win is a product that our premier, Doug Ford, is truly passionate about, and that is a Tim Hortons breakfast sandwich. And as our premier loves to say, holy Christ, I just swallowed a bee. Thank you so much for watching. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Right now, there is an opioid crisis. Right now, there is a mental health crisis. But right now, it is Mental Health Week. And what that means is you can do something about these crises. You can help people. You can help CAMH save lives. They offer treatment with dignity, and they are doing cutting-edge research. I don't know if anybody listening to this is untouched by this crisis. You can see it in the downtown of every city in this country. You certainly feel it in Toronto. This is not something happening to other people. These are our friends. These are our communities, our families. We are all touched by addiction. We are all touched by the mental health crisis, and we all share responsibility to do something about it. Helping CAMH is something you can do about it. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where nobody is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help them treat addiction and build hope. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. It doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. 
It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. For years now, our offer has been deepened by season after season of our series, Commons. While we're responding to what's happening in in news and politics or or reporting news stories, uh, Commons has been digging deep into Canada's history, its untold stories, and bringing documentaries, incredibly well-told documentaries, about everything from the dynasties who lord over Canada to our obsession with things like real estate and fossil fuels to uh, looking back at uh, our military efforts in Afghanistan, police brutality. It's an incredible body of work that they've been building in a short period of time. I'm going to give the stage over to the host of Commons, Archie Mann, in conversation with our editor-in-chief and host of Canada Landback, Karen Puglese. Hey, everybody. So I'm here with Archie Mann. So happy to be here. And we're here to talk shit about cults. (laughs) That's right, of course. (laughs) So tell me, the next season of uh, Commons, as we saw, is about cults. Uh, Just give us a bit of an overview about what that season's about. Yeah, we wanted to do something that's different from a lot of the kind of true crime shows that, that you're hearing about cults out there and really get into kind of what even this term means and what it's meant for Canada over the last 100 years. So we'll be touching on all kinds of things like brainwashing, is that Mm. real, talking about weird alien religions uh, from the inside, and just really kind of digging into a variety of things, including things that might feel cult-ish, but aren't necessarily what you'd call a cult traditionally. Like, what do we mean by cult-ish? Things like, say, multi-level marketing, or or Bitcoin, or, uh, you know, a variety of things that, you know, when your friend gets involved, you're like, oh, that's that's a little bit cultish there. So there's a variety of different things that don't necessarily have a religious element that uh, we think certainly uh, deserve the label. What does it even mean? Like, how do you separate something that is a cult from something that isn't a cult? You know, there's a a variety of different definitions. It's a big argument in academia. But I think one thing that a lot of folks point to is a uh, charismatic leader. I think that's... Charismatic leader. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Somebody who might have a bit of an ego. Right. uh, Somebody, a little bit of a narcissistic personality. I think that's really... Centered on themselves. Yeah, exactly, right? I think that's often kind of um, one of the fundamental aspects. Are they critical of others? I mean, often so, right? You really have to kind of define an us versus them kind of element in order to be, I think, an effective uh, cult leader there. Fascinating. So I just listened to episode two. And episode two is about Brother 12. Now, I do not want to uh, give much away, but one of the things that really struck me is that people talked about joining this cult largely just because of his voice. 
Like, that's so interesting. It's true. I mean, he was a very charismatic speaker, and that drew a lot of people in, but it wasn't just his voice. Uh So, you know, he would often get into these letter-writing arguments in these occult publications with very famous people. You could could almost think of it like a precursor to Twitter nowadays. And that was another way in which, you know, Brother 12 built up an audience and, and really, you know, tried to gain followers. Interesting, interesting. So, so how do they, they get followers? Oftentimes, it's, it's by trying to, to convince them, and this is the main goal, right? It is often to try and get as many followers as you can. Could, could we call uh, them supporters? Uh, sh- sure, you can call them supporters if you like. I, I don't see a problem with that, you know. And, and really, the, the end result there is to try to get money from them, right? Uh, like, these are, these are really financially <laughs> motivated entities, Um, And so, yeah, I think that's a very important element of it. So um, one of the things that you do talk about, you talk to uh, author and expert Amanda Montel about the language of fanaticism. Yeah, that's right. What's that about? So it's a way in which, again, of having a kind of inner language, right, that, wait for it, um, maybe only insiders would kind of understand, right? Um, and, And again, it's about drawing that us versus them and being part of the group. I get that. Duly noted. (laughs) So, congratulations. Happy birthday. It's your 10th. You're scared, right? He's so scared of me. I tweeted out just earlier today, like, what should I ask Jesse? You know, the only person who responded was Jesse. And this is what he told me to ask him. Quote, you're quite impressive. To what do you owe your universal appeal? So? I mean, that's a complicated question. It's going to take okay, some time. Okay, never mind. Cutting you off. So are you afraid of me? Because this is, this is, I got an email yesterday from one of your staff. And I'm not kidding. They said, well, Jesse is comfortable going into the interview without knowing which topics will be covered. He's wondering if there will be anything brought up that he would not want his kids to hear. He is trying to figure out if his kids should attend the event. Can you let me know what you think? And I thought, oh, I had so many X-rated questions. And I had to ditch them all. But I'm still gonna ask you about sex, and money, and power. But the sex part is kind of like sexist questions. Because women always get asked, how do you do all this and still have children? How do you do this? So I thought I would ask you. Right? Jan Wong, we've spoken many times. Usually on, on, on my terms in our studio, we've always had these lovely conversations. But I'm terrified of you. You didn't answer my question. I did not. About the children. So if you're not going to answer, I have stuff to ask. The answer is really simple. I have uh, an an incredible, loving, and supportive partner, my wife Katie, who's here tonight. Um, Who launches a media startup with with two babies? You would. That's why I'm asking you about fatherhood. Not without without Katie. So she she supported it from the start, and it wouldn't have happened without her. That's all very nice. Isn't it nice? No. I don't buy it. So... I did a little uh, digging, and it turns out that during COVID, you were going into the office every day. Now, as a mother myself, I would do that too, just to get away from my kids. So was that why you were going 
Into the office to get away from your lovely children? I mean, they came in with me a bunch of times, and they had fun, like, on the rolly chairs, and we had, like, good snacks at the office. But no one else was going into the office during COVID. Why were you going into the office? You answered the question when you asked it. (laughs) Okay, I have another fatherhood question. So you were really nice, and um, you were with your kids, and your wife had to go grocery shopping. So you dropped her off. Do you want to talk about that, and you had the kids in the car? Do you want to talk about that episode? It's more shameful than how you set it up. No, well, go ahead. Shame yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I consider myself um, a supporter of small businesses in Toronto. (laughs) Okay. And I celebrate the vast uh, array of cuisines that, that uh, we have on offer in the city. The problem is that when you order ahead, you know, sometimes it's waiting for you uh, when, when you go to pick it up. So Katie was grocery shopping. What? Yeah, she was doing all this shopping. So I said, I, I, I don't want to wait uh, with the kids in the parking lot. Like, I, I, I can make a quick run and pick up. Like, there's the strip mall that Suresh Doss... Uh, my friend Suresh has got incredible um, recommendations. Like I, I can, Great. I can, so I can go get the she's food. She's shopping for groceries, and you're getting food for yourself. For my family, Jan. I was told it was only for you. If I don't introduce everybody to interesting new flavors and build up their spice tolerance, then I have okay. to eat it all myself. Okay. So the food wasn't ready when you got there. So what did you do with your kids? There's this idea that kids can't be left in a car. <laughs> Okay. That's a quote, right? All right, moving on. Now, at McGill, you staged a fake news story, right? And you actually punked my colleague, Marina Strauss. You you created this thing about chapters taking away the sofas. And I remember when they took them away. Yeah. You had a pseudonym. What was your pseudonym? What was your pseudonym? Have you done your research? Henry Chinashi. Chinaski. Anyway, you got on the front of the Globe and Mail business. So did Marina ever find out she was punked? Well, yeah, because by that point, I was doing it for a humor column in Saturday Night Magazine. So the Um, final stage would be I would write a a piece about which media I was able to fool. Okay. Just to talk about the Canada Land numbers, your revenue is like 811,000 a year. Is that right? No? How much is it? You have 11,000 paying subscribers, right? Yes. So the amount of, uh, like any, uh, you know, private corporation in this, uh, in this country, our books are not a matter of public record. However, however, uh, however, uh, we, we are transparent about the amount of money we get in from our supporters and how we spend it. So that's sort of the, the, the extent of our transparency. Our paid subscription, which you, we, you know, I th- the number you gave, I think is pretty much accurate, is the biggest revenue source we have. Okay. You have a chief operating officer now. Like, you're in the big time. He's wonderful. Yeah. Now, your salary originally was 48000 What is it now, 10 years later? I'm not telling. How much do you get for speaking? I have 5000 and then you raised it to 7500 And then nobody wanted to hire you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you need me here. <laughs> no, I need you. Okay. So the last section of this interview is power. I said sex, money, power. So now it's power. You're so powerful that your staff formed a union. Would you like to explain 
why they felt the need to form a union? I would never speak for my staff. No, you don't have to. I want to know why you think. <laughs> I can hear Archie's laughter specifically. They were very nice. Um, the staff were very helpful. And so were some ex-staffers. I think that uh, among the reasons that I'm aware of them unionizing is why uh, any any media workforce or workforce might unionize. I think that uh, it's good for workers to unionize. I think that uh, workers are more powerful when they bargain collectively. And I think uh, in any organization, no matter how well managed, <laughs> but that's but the right of workers. Need, why would they need to have a union if you are so wonderful? Um, I know that they're... Okay, like, yeah, all right. Uh, so I think a big thing is that the probability is of any media company that it's going to go out of business. And when media companies go out of business, and we're seeing this now with the Metroland newspapers, where 72 newspapers went out of business, and uh, the first thing we heard is that they're trying to deny those workers uh, their money and their severance. So I think that it's a risky proposition to work in media, and I think that one of the prime motivators is to have uh, guaranteed protections in the event that the company ever does uh, go under. But I don't want to... Uh, sidestep the question. There were, uh, in the early days of Canada Land, uh, the pay was atrocious. How much? Oh, God. The, the, the first pay was... Uh... Jonathan, you know. How much, Jonathan? Where's Jonathan? Oh, I mean, I don't know the earliest. I, I can say it was like 2017 that like, I was the highest paid person. I think I was making 50. So, yeah, uh, less than 50, quite a bit less than 50 with the first. But I'll say this. The first employees of Canada Land are co-owners of Canada Land, many yes, of them. Yes, they have stock. Because I couldn't pay more than that. And yes. so uh, there was... But you own most of the stock. <laughs> you own 70-something percent. Let me Not quite see. that much, but if, but if you compare our stock option plan to any other company that offers stock options, it's... I, like, I'd be... I was told by lawyers that I'm an idiot for giving... There, there are people who had as much as, like, 5% of the company uh, for, for basically working for less than, than I wanted to pay them. But now they are co-owners of the company. Yes, but you have 100% of voting shares. That is correct. <laughs> okay, so let me talk about your experience and your um, time at the CBC. Because there is something interesting that happened there. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it? There's so many interesting things that I know, I'm like the, the Chinese police. They go... You yourself know. So I just ask, yeah. and you start spilling your gas. Here's some rope. Yeah. Here's some so rope. So you're going to talk about what happened? I actually don't know which incident you're referring to. Well, you talk, you talk about one, and I'll tell you if it's the one. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you? I, I, uh, everything. 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 We, I, you're like almost out of time, though. No, no. Yeah, I have five. Five, that's, five that's minutes. That's a lifetime on a stage. Yeah, you know, I... I I think I know which incident you might be referring to, and I'll get into it if you want me to, but I'll say this. I learned how to do this work at the CBC, and I was given two shows to host at the CBC. I was mm-hmm. taught how to make documentaries at the CBC. I was put on national radio at, at a young and inexperienced age. So my appreciation for that experience and for the CBC is something that I don't get to express enough. Now, okay. what is it you want He's me to talk about? just talking word salad. 
So what I, what I specifically am asking is, yes. your editor, I don't know what the story was about, but one of your CBC editors said, we need a quote that says X, Y, Z. But she didn't mean for you to go find somebody to say it. She wanted you to report it until somebody accidentally said it. No, 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 no. no. And so you got a friend to say X, Y, and Z? Ish. Um, Ish. Ish. I'll tell you this one. I think it's an interesting media story. And, yeah. and like, I, but I, like, it does bother me still. It does? And I don't, I don't feel like I, I'm the one who has anything to hide here. Because like, this is, this is, I don't want to tell the story because it's like, it is something that I feel was like, like I was done dirty a little bit. So this is what happened. My first show at CBC was a show called The Contrarians, uh, a show about unpopular ideas that just might be right. And from its conception, the idea of the show was that I would break up the segments, which would be journalistically reported segments, with little comedy bits. Okay? That's in the pitch document for the show. And there was an episode that was called Multiculturalism Doesn't Work, We Just Eat Each Other's Sandwiches. <laughs> right? Yeah, so it yeah. was, I was like exploring, like, you know, let's look at this unpopular idea, multiculturalism. You know, and the idea was, I don't necessarily believe these ideas, I'm just trying them on for size. So there were these reported segments of the contrarians, and in between we do comedy bits. Like I'd go to like a falafel shop and try to engage people in a debate about who invented hummus, you know? And I would try to get them real. Like I'd go into these restaurants and actually try to have these interactions with people, and I was pretty successful. But there was one where I wanted to do a segment where I went into San Francisco Sandwiches, right? And I was playing the fool, and I'm like, can you put this veal parm sandwich in a pita for me? Or like, I'm kind of gluten intolerant, and like trying to get this guy wound up. So he'd be like, we don't do that here. Get out of here. And he did it. He gave me the reaction I wanted, but he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't let me record him. Oh. Right? So I, I was like, damn it. And I was on deadline for a unaired pilot, okay? And I was like, well, I need this segment. So I got my friend to recreate the scene, okay? Okay. And then the pilot, which was not intended for broadcast, was greenlit into a series. Then, like a month later, we're getting ready to air the thing. And I went and I told my colleague, hey, before we air it, I don't think I told anybody this, but that one segment, that's not the real guy. Okay. Okay? And she, what? Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. And uh, it became this whole, like, that's, that's not journalistic. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, well, I told you, but I, I'm, tell, I'm telling you that I did it. I know it still bothers you. It still bothers me because yeah. years later, yeah. when Canada Land was making a lot of noise, and after the Globe and Mail approached me to write a column, which I rejected because I said, I can't cover the Globe and Mail and work for you, they put a reporter on, like, a profile of me. It's, it's, the, it's the first and only major story that Simon any Hupt. Canadian newspaper, yeah, it was yeah. Simon Hupt, nobody has done anything of, of this nature of, like, let's do a profile on Canada Land. Yeah. And somebody from my old team anonymously told on me that this had happened, and it was reported in the Globe and Mail that I had faked a scene for mm -hmm. a CBC show. I didn't fake anything that aired on the CBC. It didn't air. No, it was never yeah. aired. I feel like there were people at the CBC who were pretty upset with me, and they were shopping around. I had another reporter come to me and say, somebody from the CBC is trying to get me to write this story about you, but they won't put their name to it. Mm -hmm. And then Simon was given the same information, and I messed up because he came to me and he said, I heard this story about you. And I said, who told you the story? He goes, I, I have somebody on the record who told the story. And I should have said, who? You never found out? Well, here's what happened. Instead of saying who, I said, oh, he's got somebody on the record. So, okay, let me tell you about it. So then uh -huh. I told him my side of it, and he reported it 
taking out a lot of the context that I've shared with you, and mm -hmm. it came out in the Globe and Mail as I, I made up a story, yeah. and I said, why is the name of your source not in the story? You told me you had an on-the-record source. And he goes, oh, it was on background. They were, no, that's not the same. I said, that's not the same thing. He goes, no, they were on the record, but on background. Not the same. And I, I thought I was done dirty by Yeah, that. you were. And, and that was like eight years ago. It still bugs you. And we're you. 10 years old now, and we'll read, we'll read in the news every day about another news organization going under, and, yeah. and no one will write a word about Canada Land succeeding for 10 years. So I've still got a yeah, little you're bit still of it. Pissed off. It's I'm really still a bit pissed out. off about it. I didn't, I'm sorry, I don't want to end on that note. I no, we need something. Yeah, we, so I, we're going to do, we're going to, I'm ending. I know I'm out of time. And uh, let's see. So tell me about the awards you've won. Are you bitter about We Charity? Not winning that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. The Globe and Mail won a national I newspaper know. award for We Charity. I know. That's our story. I know. And yeah. what about the Gian Gameshi? Who won that one? We won the, the Hillman Prize for okay. investigative reporting for that Good. story. I mean, you broke real stories. You really committed a public service. I, I just want to say that. I've been giving you a very hard time. You have been. Well, on that note, on that thank note. you very much for being such a good sport. Thank you. Thank you very much. I would like to ask all of my Canada Land colleagues to please join me on the stage. Please, come on up. I want to ask everyone here who is not a Canada Land supporter, everyone listening who is not a Canada Land supporter, to become one tonight, right now, we need you. This was your Canada Land show. We hope you enjoyed it. Canada Land is Noor Azria, Alan Black, Nathan Burley, Tristan Capicione, Jordan Cornish, Annette Ajofor, Jonathan Goldsby, Katie Hernandez, Katie Lohr, Aviva Lassard, Ryan McMahon, Archie Mann, Emily Nicola, Nancy Pananicchio, Karen Puglese, Cherie Sucherin, Julie Shapiro, Dory Smith, Allison Smith, Caleb Thompson, John Thompson, Bruce Thorson, Jessica Valentin, Tony Wang, Kim Wheeler, and Tomorrow Wise. I'm your host, Jesse Brown. Our theme music is by SoCal. Syndication is handled by CFUV in Victoria. Check them out at CFUV.ca. You can listen to Canada Land ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Thank you for supporting Canada Land for 10 years. Please throw socks at the audience right now. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada Land, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures, and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 